All right. Do you think Damian Lillard could lead the league in scoring? Of course. I say of course. Like it's a, like it's, it's a no-brainer? I mean, I picked him heading into the season. You I mean, did. You did. Wow, you did that's have Damian Lillard That's what I said. Okay, okay, I said okay, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said of course. No, but for real though, for real. It's kind of like, I feel like he's going to have to. Because I feel like the Portland, I feel like the Portland Trailblazers aren't a good basketball team. I feel like he's gonna have to like will them to like victories and have like multiple big time performance, big time games. We're in the beginning of the season. He's already had two 40 point games already. I don't know if that's like it's it's great, like, you know, because we like to talk about it, we get to cover it, but I don't know if that's really a great sign. You know what I'm saying? It's like you talked about last year a lot, like, damn, LeBron averaging 30. It sounds good, it sounds cool, but like you start thinking about it. Is this shit really a good sign? So, yeah, that's sad I, though. That's sad yeah. because leading the league in scoring, obviously, okay, you know, it, it makes sense. But when you mention the whole like, could LeBron or whenever LeBron scores thirty, is that a good thing? Yeah, I don't know. Well, thirty is. I mean, you I know. said average. I said average thirty. He was averaging thirty. Oh, last average year. thirty. Okay, average yeah, well, thirty last year. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a lot of that's a lot of energy. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm with you. Um. All right. So I mean, what I would say is. Could Dame lead the league in scoring? I think he could. And as a matter of fact, I'll even take it a step further. If I had to choose one player that I feel like could score 60 in a game this season, it'd be Dame. If I had to choose just one player, yeah, probably Dame. When you think about the opportunities he'll have, and on top of that, yeah. I mean, what? Dame is probably one of the top five, top 10 scorers in the league. So yeah. if I had to choose, it would be him. I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a four-level scorer. It's only two of those guys. It's Trey and Steph. Anytime you shoot in, as soon as you get past the half court line, you're a threat to shoot the basketball from range. That just shows you how deep his bag and his, his arsenal is when we talk about shooting. Like, he's one of the best shooters we ever seen. He has a fast twitch shot. So, I mean, I, I feel that definitely, like, if somebody can drop 60, and it's crazy, it's probably going to be a lot of guys dropping 50. We, we saw that last year. Like, the way that the league is, where everybody is spaced out and all the, yeah. the pace of the game and three-point shots, it's kind of like we're about to see a lot of, 40 and 50 point performances this year. But if Dame dropping 60, um, he may do it more than once. I wouldn't be shocked. You, you think, uh, well, wait, uh, more than one 60 point game? Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. I really wouldn't. Like you said, his team, somebody got to score. I like Simons a lot, but Simons ain't Dame. Like somebody, somebody got to score the ball. So it's, I, I, it's crazy because I think it's going to be like, not only will he has like those opportunities to, to become a score leader and stuff like that because he's going to have to have to, but I feel like a lot of these games are going to be close. It's not going to be the situation where, oh, he dropped 40 in, third qu- in the three quarters and he's chilling on the bench. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be like, oh, he's dropping 50 right. to try to survive. Kind of like what Bradley Bill was doing that years ago with the, the Washington Wizards. Like he was dropping 50 and they were losing. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to watch. Shout out to league fast teams. Yeah. Um, but it's funny. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. It's like the craziest thing about some of these scoring records is that they, they've, um, they've happened in shuts a short amount of time. Like Clay, like what, 14 threes in a game? Yeah. That was in like two and a half quarters. And so if you yeah. kind of think like what would have happened if these guys stay in the game, now fortunately for Dame, well, fortunately and unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, yeah. Dame, you know, if, if he gets hot for the first two and a half quarters, he'll probably still be needed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saying, hey, depending on how you look at it, it could be like, yeah. oh shit, that's, that's great to hear. But at the nah, same time, true. damn, Am I, yeah. you know, what, what, what's the what's the vibes? I'm, you know, <laughs> looking to my left, looking to my right, and shit. I, yeah. I score again. Yeah, but it's just know. crazy though. I felt like I feel like, and I talked about this before. Like, forty is a new thirty in the NBA. 
back in the day, like scoring 40 used to be tough, used to be harder because of the defense and because of like all the different types of rules and stuff like that. And also like it wasn't this so much space, you know, it was a lot of two bigs on the floor and it was very hard. It's like very difficult to score the basketball. And we're talking about like guys that shooting the ball and threes and stuff like that. And you talked about Clay Thompson when he had that cre- incredible performance, but you know who doesn't get enough credit for like dropping like 12 threes in a game during probably like the hardest era was Kobe Bryant. Like just imagine dropping 12 threes, scoring 12 threes in an era with no spacing where two bigs on the court. Like that's when I started looking, we start looking at some of these like stats and these counting stats and stuff like that for the modern day game. It's kind of like, all right, it's cool. But if you're a real historian of the game, you know, like some of these things in the past, like Kobe dropping 12, scoring 12 threes in a game is a little bit more impressive compared to some of the things that we're seeing right now because everybody's playing the same type of analytic style ball, you know, seven seconds or less, layups, threes, a lot of space. Nobody's playing defense. So, And it's early in the season too. So, you know, but, you know, one look, the first game of the season compared to the last game of the season, there's some teams that obviously wish they could have certain games back, but, um, yeah. you know, every, every game does matter, especially come playoff time, especially too, uh, when, it, when we talk about tiebreakers, especially when we talk about seedings, yeah. especially when we talk about home court advantage, especially when we talk about matchups come playoff time. Um, but I want to, to add some uh, to you too. You said before you have Jokic winning MVP for, for the yeah. third season. Why do you feel that Jokic could win MVP? Well, I felt because I, he had the, he may have the narrative. I feel like the Denver Nuggets would be really, really good. And I feel like if they are number one seed in the Western Conference and he's averaging the stats that he's, you know, similar to what he averaged last year, and we saw them, what he did last year, carrying the load for the Denver Nuggets. If he does that with a healthy roster, they're going to say, well, like, he was averaging the same amount of stats. And he got, he has, you know, Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray back, but they're winning. They're the number one seed in the West. I feel like, how can you not even have them in a conversation? Now, I know voters fatigue is a thing, but if it's one player, I feel like during the, you know, how people vote and all these writers and stuff, if it's one player that I feel like may not get the voter fatigue, it's probably Nikola Jokic. Could be Luka. Yeah, it should be Luka. Like he's I, don't gonna have a I don't know about shit. I don't know about shit. He's gonna have a chance. We're, we're, we're three games in. Let's. <laughs> I don't know about shit. No, yeah, yet. no I'm saying like it, 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 I'm saying if you're gonna give it to somebody, if you're talking about giving it to somebody new for us, like if they're competing and stuff like that, I would rather it be somebody new other than giving it to Nikola Jokic. If you're comparing the two, I don't know if Luke is gonna go out and you know the, the Dallas Mavericks have a great standings when we look at it towards the end of the year. I don't know what they're gonna be, but like I would prefer to give it to somebody else other than like. You know, Nicole Jokic, but I feel like Nicole Jokic may have the narrative and may get the votes and the writers and stuff like that may give it to him if that's the case. Well, I mean, Luca, he'll definitely have the usage rate on it, on his side. He'll yeah. definitely have the you know the time and opportunities and the spacing to really you know get those numbers up. Now, obviously, the next step to to complete that is winning. But yeah. I mean, you know, you're talking about a team that um, is fresh off going to the Western Conference Finals and upgraded. So upgraded. And the reason why they upgraded, because like I told people, people was calling me crazy when I said I had Christian Wood and my top five centers, you know, probably for this year. He helps Luka Doncic so much. He's the perfect hybrid bid for Luka Doncic. And their game fits very beautifully because he can score inside. He can shoot the three and he can do a lot of things well. And also Luka's an excellent passer. And that pick and roll between the two has been very, very great so far early on in this season. Yeah. I mean, you got a big that can kind of stretch the floor. I know 
um, you know, Chris Apps and stuff, but it's, it, I think it hits a little bit. It's different. It's different, different with, with Christian Wood. Um, also yeah. a great lob threat and like in a way. So it's like, you know, you yeah. kind of got two guys that, um, you know, fit well with one another and, you know, hopefully they, they can go pretty far. I think Luca, especially in the playoffs is definitely, um, you know, a good side for people to watch, but so we'll far, see, though. Though, so far it is, I would just say like, I'm looking at these young guys, like you always say, these young guys want it now. Like I'm looking at Luca, Ja and Tatum so far. Like we're just seeing like, yo, wouldn't that be something special as we continue on this season if those three are competing for like the MVP? Yeah, and, and it's tough too, especially when we like, because there's only one MVP, right? Mm -hmm. And so like to be one of what, 450 players in the league, obviously, realistically, there's probably only like 15 to 20 guys that could be in the conversation. Um, but I think, I mean, my original pick obviously was Paul George, but you got to yeah. toss out, you know, the guys like, Giannis and to your point, Jokic and mm -hmm. um, Stephen Curry. And so um, it would be amazing though. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think it's far fetched to think that, you know, Ja Tatum or Luca could win it, but because it's the MVP of the NBA, not just the MVP of the 25 and under club, it, it's, yeah. there's some heavy hitters outside of um, those three, but either way, I, I mean, look, if Ja can win MVP, that would be, that'd be great for the city of Memphis. I think that'd be great for the Grizzlies organization because they've, I feel like they've pride themselves on that grit and grind team oriented basketball for so long. But now that they have a superstar in Ja that, you know, is legitimately a constant MVP candidate. Yeah. That's going to be something special down there, but we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see though. Yeah. We talked, we talked about like all the time, like giving guys respect. Like you talked about Giannis, Nicole Jokic, Stephen Curry, those type of players. And that's why we always talk about in the grand scheme of things, like who would we rather have, for us, like player rankings, we're probably going to tend to go with those guys first. But these young guys, you know, and that's for me, it's just personally, like, I'm all about consistency. Like, how long have you been a top five to 10 player in the league? Like, does one bad season negate the fact, like, you can't be a top five or top 10 player? I think certain players is like, oh, maybe it does, but it kind of doesn't. So, but these young players, I say that because Luca, Ja, and Jason Tatum, you know, this could be the year where they're knocking out some of these guys that we could always consider like, yo, we're locks for that top 10. Even though some people that already feel like they're in the top 10 now or the top five, even as, you know, we talk about Luca and maybe Jason Tatum, but it's just kind of like consistency matters. And if they've been doing this for the last few years, and if they're competing, these three competing for the MVP, you know, the top of the standings for the MVP like award going on this course of the season, it's going to be hard for people to, to really say like, yo, this player is not a top five player. This player is not a top 10 player. And unfortunately, some conversations may have to get had. It's like, okay, well, Jason Tatum is better than this guy who's been consistently good in the top five, top 10 for a long time or been consistently an MVP candidate and stuff like that. So, Yeah, and I think it ultimately comes down to what have you done for me lately, right? Yeah. I mean, and age is, is a huge factor here depending on who you talk to because there's a younger generation who is like, yo, these guys like are top at their position now. And then there's yeah. another group of people who feel like, well, you know, you know, got to pay respect to the players that have won championships and won finals MVPs. Do it in the playoffs, but yeah. Exactly, they have done it in the playoffs. But at the same time, I can't get mad at someone that says like, yo, here's what these young bulls are doing right now. And here's yeah. what the more experienced players I say are doing right now. So yeah. you you tell me which one you take. So, I mean, it, it it's it's a great problem to have, I would say, for the league. Um, but yeah, none of them, so. they're, like, they're all fearless. I don't think any of them kind of step on the floor and say, oh shit, we got to go up against so, such and such. And you, um, you know what I, you know what I like most that the league is so talented now 
where it's guys that are just as talented as some of the three players that we mentioned, Ja, Luka, Jason Tatum, but they just haven't had the same amount of success. And this young group for that 25 under and the rest of the guys that's, you know, coming in the league and that's going to be monsters eventually in the next, you know, three to seven years in the game. Once these guys, these older guys start leaving and stuff, I feel like we're, we're going to be in a situation where we have like, it's going to constantly change year after year because the talent is so there. Like what's the, from a talent and skill set standpoint, yeah, Luka and Jason Tatum is, is, is better than Brandon Ingram. But it's not like it's like as a wide of gap that people really talk about. We just talk about talent and skill. Now I feel like I looking down this these young guys, it's a lot of these guys you can say that about. So now it's come to a situation where we talk about these rankings, it's gonna be like a year, year thing, or like what do you do in the playoffs? What do you do in the regular season? And it feels good because I feel like that's gonna make the NBA a little bit more better, where we're not gonna really have anybody competing for a GOAT title or top 10 player of all time title or all these rankings and stuff like that. Of course, maybe Giannis, you know, because Giannis is kind of like, he's in the between, like he's young, but he's still kind of like, he's older as well. But like, that's that's what I'm looking forward to for the NBA for the next like three to seven years. Like these guys being extremely talented and just competing for like year after year. You don't know who's this or who's that or who's going to win this and who's going to do that. Let me ask you something. How many MVPs do you think Luka is going to finish his career off with? Uh, I'm going to say at least two. I think he gets at least two. Because like you said, the MVP is hard because narratives and like people, the writers, voters fatigue and stuff like that. I think he gets at least two. Two, okay. I'm going to double that. I think four. I think four. Giannis doesn't even I, have four. I mean, well, he I still has time. Yeah. But. I mean, I, what I say what I say. It, 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 yeah. You know, it's funny. That, uh, they both get four. That sounds crazy, but I mean, it, yeah. Giannis is halfway there. Luca has got what at least twelve years left of his career. It's yeah. you know. So if I had to choose a number for the amount of MVPs that I feel like Luca could win by the time his career ends, I would say four. Yeah. I know that's a high number. I know it ain't been too many players that have reached that four number, but I would go four in all honesty. But I mean, well, it, it's 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 a high bar, of course. Yeah. But yeah, but it, it just it just depends on what tends to happen because like. He's, I feel like he's going to get one for like what he's doing right now. And nobody really expects the Dallas Mavericks to win a championship or things like that. But it's kind of like that LeBron with the Cavs. I feel like that's the same situation that Luka Doncic is kind of in right now with the, the Dallas Mavericks. So it's just like he's going to get one off of that. But then his greatness, once you get one and once people start – like he's been compared to like – people are saying Luka's a top five player since his second year in the league. I haven't, but it's just like, it's some people that feel that way because he's that cold, he's that talented. But what tends to happen is just like, he has a lot of expectations. So when you have a lot of expectations and you start like, oh, you want an MVP? Okay, but what, you ain't been to a finals. That's what tends to happen. Like, okay, you did this, but you ain't done that. It's kind of like Giannis. Oh, you want MVP, but you struggle in the playoffs. It's like those expectations, if he don't start hitting those other expectations, then people are going to be like, well, we're not going to give him the MVP because it's like, what is he needs to do something else. Like he needs to show that like, yo, he can win the finals. He needs to show like all these other different things. And that's where I think it's going to kind of like maybe hurt him for is like the MVP amount of awards that he possibly could get. Because I feel like expectations, when you have all these great expectations on you, people love a success story, but they also love a failure story even more. Especially with a guy they placed on all these expectations. Talk to me. Um, speaking of 
Damn, that's kind of a terrible segue, but we move. Speaking <laughs> of uh, 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 frustration, I'll say. I won't use the word failures. Yeah. Um, cap or no cap, Russell Westbrook will be a Laker by the end of the season. I'm going to say... I'm going to say... I really don't know. I, it's hard. Like, I want to say... I want to say cap, really, but I want to say no cap because, like, what's been going on early in the season, it hasn't been great for the Los Angeles Lakers or Russell Westbrook. So I really don't know. Like, so I'm probably going to lead to no cap right now because I just feel like it's a lot of stuff that's going on in that organization. And it's a lot of like people having, you know, feelings. And Russell Westbrook, if you just watch Russell Westbrook the way he talks to the media, it's not really great. Like, it seems like he doesn't really want to be there. It seems like he's tired of all the, the hate and the bashing that he's getting. But at the end of the day, it's just like the, the easy way, like you always say, is to shut shit up. It's to play better and perform. So, yeah, I don't and, know what this. Yeah, and that's the part, too, where it's always that, that slippery slope. Like, there's a lot of NBA players that are hated on, right? Like, first yeah. player that comes to my mind was Trey Young, right? A lot of yeah. you know, the, the entire city of New York probably hated Trey Young. But there was a reason it, why. NBA landscape, too, though. They but was talking a, a lot of shit about... This and well, that. What I'm, well, I'm saying though, the reason why Trey was hated, well, one, Trey was hated by the opposing team, yeah. right? But two, he was hated because of the way he, because he was playing at a high level and it probably pissed off a lot of fans. And so, but when you're, I think when you're disrespected by your home fans, I think that probably takes a, a huge effect on your mental. And yeah. then that can lead to like, okay, you want a player to play at a, you know, at a higher level. But yeah. do you really think that you're helping? Do you think that booing while he's shooting a three is going to lead to greater success on the court? Do you legitimately think that you sending shitty ass tweets is going to make someone play better? Yeah. Um, I know people talk about the whole bully to greatness kind of thing, but like, you know, everybody human being at the end of the day. So, um, yeah. but I hope the rust situation improves sooner rather than later. Well, I mean, but you also, they also have to place Russell Westbrook in a position to like improve as well. Like some of the part is Russ, but other part is also like the coaching staff. Other part is like guys being so comfortable with playing a certain way that they don't want to give up to their play style to let Russ have the ball more in his hands. And like it's times you watch the Los Angeles Lakers game, it's just like, all right, they're sagging off of them. But like there's, there's ways you can combat that. You know, it's ways that the the off the the offense can like the coach can tell Russell Westbrook, all right, if they're sagging off of you, go set a screen, get the ball off, uh, let them come off and hit a, a mid-range shot. Now the Lakers don't really have mid-range scores, so that may not even work. <laughs> but I'm just saying it's ways to combat certain things and issues that are going on. Like if they're they're playing off him on the three-point line and he's in the corner, you know, give the ball up, have a screen, give the ball up. And then relocate to a different position, like in the middle where you can hit a floater or you can hit a 12-footer. So it's ways you can combat some of the issues, you know, that Russell Westbrook has for regarding his weaknesses in his basketball game. But I don't know. It's just like it's a, it's a tough situation. And then I'm hearing like situations about people saying like, well, it's just it for Russ. And that's what I feel like it goes too far when people start talking about like, okay, well, if this doesn't work out for the Lakers – you know, he's not going to be in the league anymore. I'm like, that's where that's where things get like, I think people are going crazy. Super crazy. Because it's, it's certain teams he can play right now that, you know, he'll probably be the best point guard 
on the roster. And I know some people will say, well, if this is a young team, they're not going to want Russ because they're trying to lose. And if it's a championship caliber team, you know, they're not going to want Russ because like they want to, they'll probably want to come off the bench. But it's teams like right now that he can, he can play for. I think it'd be a factor for. Yeah, it's a tough situation though because like we said before, it's like he's too good to be on the terrible team but not at the point in his career where people feel like, all right, he could be the best player on a championship team. So, yeah, um, I, don't think, I don't think he needs to be the best player. Like, look at the situation. You know, I like the Miami Heat or whatever. I support them because Dwayne Wade is my favorite player of all time, of course. But like, Kyle Laurie or Russell Westbrook, that's, I don't know the numbers, right? I don't know the numbers or anything, but like, that situation but, helps both the, the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers right then and there. But I don't think a lot of people are just looking at it from that perspective. Like, okay, Russ is better than Kyle Lowry, so let's get Russ. No, I'm not. I, I'm I saying, think, but fit-wise, though. Right, that's, but that's what I'm saying, though. There's if, if, we're, if we're playing the quote-unquote fit card, I think there would be more fans that would be against that as opposed to ones that would be for it. Um, it's not fortunate. I'm not saying I'm one of them, but, you know, right? Put it like this. The, the timing of this conversation is, like, not ideal at all. Like Russ's, yeah. you know, stock isn't the greatest. So it's like, well, it's Me, easy but, for people to forget what, you know, a player is capable of when he started off the season not too, not too great. Well, so, well, I'm not, I'm looking at the situation. If you look at the Los Angeles Lakers, I just threw that out there because what the Lakers need is a, a guard that can set up the offense and, and hit threes. I think Kyle Lowry does that re- really well. I don't think Kyle Lowry right now, you know, with the Miami Heat, I don't think that's the best situation for him. He's, I think he's overpaid right now. I look at the situation where if Russell Westbrook went to the Miami Heat, you know, maybe he does come off the bench or maybe he does start. But I look at a situation where, like, for his strengths of having a ball in his hands and being able to attack and put pressure on the defense and do the things that he's always kind of done, I think he will, the Miami Heat will allow him to do that. They're not allowing him to do that because LeBron James has had a ball in his hands. That's the problem right then and there. So it's just like another situation. And I'm not, I don't know the salary caps or none of these things I mentioned, but like I, I, I talked about it on my, my sports page, AKS NBA, about like maybe Kyle Kuzma and Russell Westbrook. I look at that situation. People are like, oh, well, why would you want Kyle Kuzma again? Because he would be the same type of player. But I'm just like 6'10", can defend, shoot threes. You know, that doesn't go on trees. He's a wing player. The Lakers lack wings. Russell Westbrook going back to play with Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill had his most best statistical season with Russell Westbrook, and he went to the playoffs. The Washington Wizards don't have a point guard. So it's teams out there, the, the Phoenix Suns. I love Chris Paul. They're not winning a championship with Chris Paul as their point guard. Chris Paul is taking a, a decline. It's like, well, at least Russell Westbrook can come in and actually score the ball and put pressure on the defense for us like if he has a ball in his hands. Chris Paul right now is just a, a true facilitator. If he's going to be a true facilitator, he might as well come to L.A. So it's just like it's certain teams where it's like if you really break things down and you look at it, like Russ can play on certain different teams and they can get something for Russ, but it's like they're playing the, the salary cap game. That's I mean, what yeah, it comes down to with the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, yes. Not only are we losing the salary cap game, but we're also losing the actual game. So yeah. It's, you know, you at least want to get one dub, but. Yeah. If we go back to the original question, Thiz, I asked you, do you think that Russell Westbrook is going to be on the Lakers? I do. Um, Actually, I don't. Um, I don't think he'll be on the Lakers by the end of the season. I want him to, but I don't think he will. I think it's going to reach a point because, you know, somebody got to be a scapegoat. 
And it is clear as day who that is going to be. I don't, like I said, I don't want it to happen. I, I hope that Russ can bring a championship to his home city and all that. But at the end of the day, Russ knows more than anybody. This is a business. And um, if everyone is kind of looking in his direction, they're not about to trade Bron. They're not about to trade Anthony Davis. Who else is left on that list? And it's, so, and it's crazy, but I actually just because like, they're talking about winning 20 to 25 games. And this is the reason why I said that like I'm in between because if they're talking about waiting 20 to 25 games, the Lakers record could potentially be so large that it just makes sense to keep them. Where it's just like, cause it's like if they're 25 games in, they can be way out of like, this is the West. The West has gotten better. Teams are healthier. They can be like way out of like the playoff, even pitcher. 20 to 25 games in. So then it's to get to a point like, well, do we just keep Russ? Because if we trade him, you know, like Miles Turner and Buddy Hill, it's like, oh, okay, to fight for an AFC, you're not winning the championship. And then you now you take on extra money. So now you don't have that $50 million in cap relief coming, you know, the offseason. So now it's just like you put yourself in a worse situation where it's just like, all right, you're going to next season because we traded Russ, even though we probably should have kept him for the year. If it's going to be a wash anyway, we traded Russ to go on a, a play-in, eight seeds, six to seven eight seed type of run. And now it's just like, all right, our team is LeBron, Anthony Davis, Miles Turner, Buddy Hill. Is that good enough to win a championship going into next season? I mean, going. I mean, I wouldn't mind it. I mean, it looks, it sounds good, but who knows? It's tough. It's, it's getting nasty in Hollywood. Um, but yeah, y'all, just like that, another episode, no pump page. I know what it is. All right. We're going to see you on the next one. Peace.